This brand new heart is finally finding grace upon grace. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining with us on our another episode of Setting Our Talks Captive. My name is Chitis. My name is Antoine. And we welcome you back. Um, we discuss different topics, different uh, theologies, and we set our thoughts captive, looking at the looking at it through the lens of scripture. All right. So, what do is we th- really discuss? Different theologies. We do, man. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to discuss? <laughs> but anyhow, the topic today is what is it? I can't pronounce it right, so you got to pronounce it. Uh, we're going to be talking about leaven. Leaven, right? So. Um, leaven is a baking term <laughs> in, in in general word. So I know that one, you bake a lot. I don't bake anything. I just buy my own stuff. So I know you like making things from scratch. So why don't you tell us the general definition of what a leaven is? And do you use leaven? Yes, I, I use leaven. Okay. Uh, I think we all love leaven. Um, yeah, leaven, it, it, it just, leaven is what causes the dough uh, to go through fermentation. Mm. Uh, so it's yeast uh, that feed on sugar uh, that causes uh, gas, uh, it, that gives off gas with inside of the dough that, that causes it to expand and grow. So like your um, your pizza dough, your, um, you know, your bread and for your sandwiches and all of that stuff is leaven. So ex- explain the process. How does that work? So you have a flour, flour, mm-hmm. right, where you make the dough, and how do you, how do, how does that work? Like with the yeast and stuff. Yeah. So so the so the so within the flour, you you add some type of food for the the yeast to eat, which is usually sugar. So whether that's like just regular sugar or honey. Uh, something for the, the, the yeast to feed upon. And as they feed on that, they give off gas that causes the dough to expand. Mm. And so then it becomes f- what we call fermented dough. Okay. Um, yeah. And so if you allow it to keep going, you can also get a fermentation process where it becomes uh, sourdough. You know, okay. so as it as it goes longer and longer, it becomes, you know. Okay. So let me ask you one more question. because. This is a baking question, but we're we're all we're gonna make it all sense here in a little bit. What happens? How important is uh, is yeast or leaven in in the whole bread making process? Well, it's, like for example, if you put a lot of yeast, what happens? If you put less yeast, what happens? Like how important is it in 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 the case of like making bread or baking? Well, uh, the more the more yeast you put in there, uh, the bigger it gets, I guess. Okay. So, um, like, it just depends on what you're trying to do. But, yeah, yeast is, without without good yeast, your bread won't rise. Mm. Um, and so, if you're, if the type of bread that you want, uh, if you want that bread to rise, you need yeast to do that. And so, if you don't have any yeast, it won't rise. Uh, and that type of bread will be unleavened, unleavened. bread. Um but if you want your your bread to rise, you need yeast to do it, and you need good mm. yeast. So to the do it. tortilla bread is an unleavened bread. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the regular Subway bread is a leavened bread. Yes. All right. So the so so it does have great influence on how the bread. We don't see it when we look at the bread, right? But it has a huge influence on how 
the braid is going to be made. Yes. All right. So I say, we say that because the scripture does talk about leaven, right? Symbolically, mm-hmm. it has it has great meaning, and and I I say this uh, the when when I think about the meaning of of the leaven, like like let me read a verse in Galatians five, uh, verse nine. In fact, for verse seven, you were running well. Paul is writing to the believers of Galatia. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion. Persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. And so similarly to what Dayton was saying, uh, the amount of yeast influences how much the bread is going to rise, right? It influences the outward appearance, the taste, everything of a bread. In the same way, what what Paul is writing is that the little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. It leavens the whole lump of believers. And that's what particularly we we're talking about. So, so let's let's talk but, about this. But yeah. before you go forward, yeah, forward, uh, I just want to mention too, because you kind of access a little bit. But this, you know, like in the in the bread making process, mm-hmm. I'm always surprised how little amount of yeast I need to use. Mm. And so, and the same thing with uh, that was just talked about in Galatians. He says a little leaven mm. leaveneth the whole lump. And so, so even even you gotta be very careful on how much, what amount of yeast you use in the bread making process. Yeah, because even a little can do a big influence. Yes, all right. A little has a big influence. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. So so said that. Let's let's look at it in a symbolical manner. Like what does what does Paul mean when he says a little leaven leavens the whole lump, and what does the leaven mean when when we look at it in a biblical term, like even even in Oh, do we want to read Ma- Mark at this point, or how do you want to do this? I just want to define 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 it. Go ahead, yeah. Go ahead, define it. Uh, yeah. So uh, it it seems to be that in 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 these terms, leaven is is defined um, as sin, as mm. corruption. Yeah. So the a little corruption corrupts the whole body of Christ when we interpret it in that way, right? So so. And and that's what we want to not only study what does that mean, but we also want to make people alert that, that hey, a little corruption does corrupt the whole body. So we need to be aware of it. We need to expose it. We need to we need to deal with it in a so, sense. So what yeah. does that mean before we talk about, yeah. you know, on a larger scale, what does that mean for us personally? For us personally, I mean, in my own life, I know that my sinfulness affects my whole identity of a Christian. Mm-hmm. Right? It affects my worship with God. It hinders my worship with God. Not only my worship with God, but it also hinders my relationship with my fellow brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Right? It hinders me. Like, let me like explain it this way. It hinders my responsibility. Uh, no, no. It hinders me from being a better citizen of God's kingdom, or mm-hmm. better body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So, what yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, I think the idea too for us on a personal level is um, any sin that we have in our lives, we should be looking to get rid of it, mm. uh, because sin brings about death, right? Like it brings about corruption, and I, you know, for us as believers. Um, 
we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, right? So um, the Holy Spirit is showing us our sin, and it's and we're we're convicted by it continuously. And so it's not in the sense that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be subject to the death of a spiritual death because we've been made alive through Christ, mm-hmm. right? But the idea here is that sl- sin represents bondage and represents slavery, and and I think it's possible for us as Christians. Um, if we have sin in our life that we don't deal with, that it can hold us back. It mm-hmm. can hold us from running the race as we should run, right? Uh, Paul says, uh, let us lay aside every sin and weight that easily besets us, mm-hmm. right? And so we should, we have sin, mm-hmm. uh, but as sin is, is being revealed in our lives or the things that we're being convicted over to stop doing, uh, we should get rid of those things because it hinders us from uh, serving God in the way that we should Absolutely. or the way that we can. Absolutely. And, and, and in addition to what you just said, like it not only helps hinders us serving God, but it also hinders us serving each other as a church. Right. So, so there we talked about the individual, how does sin corrupt us individual as a body, but how does it also corrupt the whole corporate worship or how does it corrupt the body of christ yeah right and i think i think largely when we look at leaven in scripture we see that um we see it more so in the context of uh the church body Mm -hmm. like our relationship with one another Mm -hmm. Uh, because the idea is like okay we can't just ignore this sin because the that little sin Leaven, if the whole lump, it affects everyone. Right, and so you know, let's just let's just go through some examples where um, where we see that. So you mentioned Galatians, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's warning them that it's going to corrupt, right, or it's going to spread throughout. He's like, he's actually, he's like, hey, you guys were walking in the truth. What happened to you? All right, who influenced you guys? And then he warns them, listen, a little leaven lumps the whole dough, right? Mm-hmm. So who is this that you have allowed yourself to be influenced by that has corrupted you mm-hmm. in the body of Christ, right? So he's, he's, he's and that exactly what you said, like one person's corruption can have a, a corrupting effect on the whole body of Christ. And so, so Paul is warning them against those that are bringing on the false teachings, Mm. that are bringing on the evil agendas that goes against the truth of the uh, word of God. And so so we ought to be aware, we ought to be alert mm. towards you know, them. Yeah. You know when you say that too, like it, it has me going back through First uh, Corinthians. Mm. Uh, so obviously there's the, there's the passage with the, the one who was engaged in sexual immorality that was just discussing. But actually when you look at how did they get to that point? Mm, absolutely. If you go back to the the what perce- what uh, passage is that? That one. First uh, Corinthians five. Five. Um, with the sexual immorality, but however, before you get to that point, though, like uh, where they were so accepting of this, mm-hmm. right? That also denotes there was some other things happening in the Corinthian church Absolutely. to allow them to even get to this get point there. where they accepted sexual morality, mm-hmm. right? 
this whatever incestuous i mean you know the whole corinthian is a, is a culture they were they were a very secular culture mm-hmm. uh, they were a very liberal culture where i mean it was a, it was a very it was a place of trade it was a place of trade where people from all backgrounds all different uh mindset perspective worldviews gathered together mm-hmm. and 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 when the church of corinth allowed the worldly influence to come inside the church and corrupt them they started becoming more worldly not the world starts becoming more godly but they started becoming more worldly mm. and as a result their sexual immorality not only sexual immorality but paul is rebuking them that you guys are proud of your sexual immorality yeah and almost like they're arrogant of their sexual immorality they're yeah, boasting so, about it yeah like the i think that I, that same type of mindset is even evident today absolutely um where when you when you mention that like the it's the boasting is like, look at us world. Mm-hmm. Look how loving and accepting we are mm. of someone that is engaged in this. Mm. You know, I think the same thing is true of us where we don't want to confront someone's sin because we're trying to be quote unquote loving. loving yeah. Um, but when you, when you because, go, because that mindset comes from a worldly mindset. It does. That does not come from the scriptural mindset because we've let the world influence our thinking yeah. where confronting a sin is unloving, mm-hmm. right? Because because we have let the world the world dictate our mindset that, you know, we got to be accepting to everything. Yeah. And even if it means compromising sin, even if it means compromising the truth of the scripture. Yeah. So yeah, continue. So like if you go back to the first chapter of, first corinthians like verse 10 uh, paul says i appeal to you brothers by the name of our lord jesus christ that all of you agree and that there be no more that there Mm. be no divisions among you but that you may that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment for it has been reported to me by chloe's people that there is quarreling among you my brothers what i mean is that each of you says i follow paul or i follow paul's or i follow cephas or i follow christ is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So like even in the onset, like he, you see that there's division, the mm-hmm. there's fighting, there's all of these different things that's going on within this church at Corinth. Mm-hmm. And so when we get to chapter five, like it's evident, right? Mm-hmm. There is some sin, there is some leaven that has gone through in the church and it's spreading and it's causing divisions, mm-hmm. dissensions, quarreling, uh, sexual immorality, mm-hmm. all of these different things. And it's not being dealt with. Dealt with. And and, and and that's why I think it was it was very helpful for us to look into like how does a yeast influence the rising of the bread and, and like you said right even you're very careful on how much yeast you put because even a small amount can do have a big influence on bread we see it here in in Corinthians. i'm sure they didn't start small they 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 didn't start big they probably had small influence of leaven this small influence of the world come into church take hold of the people of the church and that just grew 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 where now we see that they are boasting about their sexual immorality and that that is that is even in a human sin that that's not i mean like like even paul here says even the pagans are not like that how you guys are Mm -hmm. look at how much 
a little leaven has done a great damage to this church, hmm. right? Like over there, I just like the word I I'm, I can think of like Paul with his righteous anger, even anxiety over this church. He says like it is actually reported that there is immorality among you, and immorality of such a kind is does not exist even among Gentiles. That someone has his father's wife, you have become arrogant and have not mourned instead. Mm-hmm. Instead of mourning for their sin, they were like boasting about this and they're glorifying their sin. And that's the influence that the leaven has had, the corruption that the leaven that the, uh, has brought, the worldly mindset, the worldly perspective has brought to the church of Corinthians. Yeah, and that shows you just how, how dangerous. Yeah, how dangerous. You, you go f- the, the stage from being broken over your sin. Mm-hmm. Which should be our response exactly to glorying in our sin, and it would be it would be I mean it would it would be nice to say that 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 kind of influence is not here today, but but it's sad that it is still yeah it is still prevalent and and it might not come as a whole like this, but this is the result of letting the worldly leaven come and 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 leaven the whole lump of the body of Christ slowly and steadily and steadily where it gets to that point. Yeah. So let's look, you know, following the same ex- the the same example in 1 Corinthians 5. Look at Paul's uh, response mm. in in verse 7 uh, or the command. He says, "Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. Mm. For Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed." So what's the what's the other do you know the other name for the Passover feast? Like what it's what it's called? Seder is that what it is? Not the seder. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Uh, the, the feast of the unleavened feast bread. Of unleavened bread. All right. right. So he's saying you really are unleavened, mm-hmm. for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven. Um. So a couple things here. Mm-hmm. Paul is identifying them for who they really are. He yeah. says. You really are unleavened, mm. right? So be pure because that's who you really are. Yeah. And and I think the same thing with us as Christians today, we're living like something else, mm-hmm. right? Because we've allowed sin uh, in our lives and we've allowed sin to stay there. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, for Christ is our Passover lamb. If we go back to the Passover, Right there, they had the the unleavened bread, but also they had the blood um, on the doorposts, right? Mm-hmm. And so then, when the the when the spirit would pass, will come to their door, they would see the blood and they would pass over. Mm-hmm. And anyone that didn't have that blood on their posts, they were taken. Yeah, they they died, mm-hmm. right? And so he's saying, like in celebrating this Passover, like be who you really are, be the ones who have the blood well you have the blood that's covered you mm-hmm. so be unleavened be who you really are exactly and you know just like uh, unleavened bread is separated from the yeast right from the leaven mm-hmm. in the same way the church is to separate itself from the sin mm-hmm. we're not to tolerate it we're not to compromise with it we are to be separated from the sin because we are no longer under the dominion of sin and death because we have a perfect Passover lamb in Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's why we are to remove all the sinful, um, sinfulness, including 
the sinfulness of the individual members of the church. It starts individually, but then it also has to go corporately. And mm -hmm. so the church has to be separate from the sin. We don't tolerate it. We don't entertain it. We confront it. We deal with it. We put it to death. And we pursue righteousness. Why? Because we can't. Because we're no longer under the dominion of sin. We have a perfect Passover lamp. Yeah, so so in light of that, too, like when we, we think about this, like Paul's instruction was, okay, you guys be cleansed. Mm -hmm. And also he gave them instruction for this specific person, right, which we would call today church discipline. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Right. So clean, clean out of the old leaven. Yeah. No, no, no. Read the part where he talks about specifically with that person. Uh, but those who are outside, God just remove the wicked man from among yourself. This is what my NASP says. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. So and so let me let me just go back to because he says like okay get rid of this person mm -hmm. so that his body will be destroyed by Satan but his spirit may be saved. Mm. Okay? So this is striking, right? This this person he's treating this person not as someone who is an unbeliever mm. but someone who actually is a believer, believer. Mm. right? So like remove him from your midst excommunicate him so that he will turn away from his sin in the or in the hope that he will turn away from his sin yeah right and so paul is not saying this person right here that's living like this is a false teacher or a false believer no but let's let's excommunicate him get him out of our midst so that if he's truly if he's truly one of ours that he will see his sin and repent yeah Absolutely. So right. a few things that comes with that mind, right? First thing is that even believers can be won believers can be influenced by the world and the evilness of this world in a way that it becomes the leaven that lumps the whole dough of the church. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, that that is that is that is that is supposed to be that could be a warning to each of us today. Mm -hmm. Right. We could be influenced by the evilness of this world in a way that we can be leavened. We can't be the leaven that will destroy the whole lump or yeah. corrupt the whole world. Let's not say destroy. Destroy yeah, is a little harsh word. We can be influenced right? by sin mm -hmm. and our influence that the sin has on us as believers within the church. We then, being influenced by sin, can influence the church in a corrupt. negative and way. And that, that ought to be the warning for us to even acknowledge our sinfulness constantly, deal with it, put it to death, and pursue righteousness because we don't want to be the one that is going to corrupt God's church, yeah, right? You don't want to be no. a stumbling block for other believers. For other believers, absolutely. But, uh, you know, what I also notice here is like, you know, instead of being the leavened bread, we who are the unleavened bread, how do we become the unleavened bread? Right here in, in the end, Paul says, uh, therefore let us celebrate the feast not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, which we talked about, we are to clean out the old leaven. We are to remove the old leaven, right? We, you, like you mentioned, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And so how do we pursue or how do we become an unleavened bread? What, well, the two things that Paul talks about here is sincerity and truth. In the truth, in the truth is where we find out the differences be difference between a leavened bread and unleavened bread. And that is something that even Christ continuously warned his disciples. 
Yeah, but I think I think to to clarify, we are unleavened bread, right? Paul yeah. says that is who we actually are. So Correct. we become unleavened through our through faith, through in, faith Christ, in Christ. Right? Yes, you talked about this mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Us being saints, us mm-hmm. being holy and sanctified. This comes through mm-hmm. the righteousness of Christ that we receive, mm-hmm. that's imputed onto our behalf through what Christ has done on the cross, Correct. right? And our faith and trust Correct. in that. So we mm-hmm. are unleavened. However, in our daily practice, in our daily living, mm-hmm. li- living, uh, we need to pursue holiness. holiness. We need to Correct. pursue righteousness continuously. That sanctification process needs to be ongoing in our ongoing. life. Correct, correct. To be who we are, that, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah, uh, th- exactly. Thanks for thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. Yes, that is that is important clarification because we do not become unleavened or we do not become holy on our own, right? It is through our Passover Christ. Now, and, can I say can I yeah. say something too? Like, so yeah. with this specific person in First Corinthians, where he's talking about excommunicate him, mm-hmm. right? And our heart that we should have. I want to mention this. It's in Second Thessalonians three. Um, our heart that should be. Uh, with anyone that's being mm-hmm. excommunicated and just how that process would work. Um, so Second Thessalonians 3, uh, verses 14 and 15, touch on this. Um, if anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him. Why? That he may be ashamed. Mm. Do, do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Brother, correct. You know, and so like we could we could have this whole discussion about where we are as a church today, uh, and arguably why we are where we are mm-hmm. um, because we haven't de- dealt with leaven mm-hmm. within the church and dealt with actually doing true church discipline. Um. But, you know, that's a whole nother topic for the, that we could talk about. Maybe maybe we might talk about uh, church discipline. Yeah, and, we could. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, like, when we don't pursue church discipline, it has to be done biblically, right? Matthew yeah. 18. And, uh, but, but when we don't do that, then we are letting the leaven lump the whole dough, right? Mm-hmm. We are allowing the worldly influence, the evil influence to corrupt the church. Yeah. And so yeah, so that and, and maybe that is why the state of church is where it's at, yeah. because we have tolerated sin and evilness in order in in the framework of love or acceptance or whatever whatever you want to call it, right? And Which not is in not sincerity, true. not in sincerity and truth. truth. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And so, uh, as we talked about, you know, how does uh, unleavened bread, in, how does an unleavened bread get influenced by? Unleavened bread, or, or how does an unleavened body of Christ get influenced by leavens, the worldly influence or evil influence? Mm-hmm. And 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 it, and and the scripture often talks about how when we let worldly philosophies, false teachers, mm-hmm. evil practices take, when we tolerate those in church, that's when the corruption arises and and affects the whole body. Mm-hmm. And I see that like. Just warning again and again in the scripture about beware of false prophets, right? In the Sermon on the Mount, or or we go to the instance in Mark eight, and and this is the verse that I studied for this part, and and it was really interesting to study this uh, part because there's there I see frustration of Jesus with his disciples, mm. right? Like they are not getting it, but but the 
context of this is GS has just fit 4000 right a great miracle mm-hmm. and and everybody saw it but the Pharisees they come and they're asking him for more sign mm. and just like dude I just did this I'm not going to give you more sign right he's already frustrated that their hearts are hardened right they're they're not they have not softened their hearts for the lord and they want more and more sign but just like i'm not i'm not going to give you more sign but as he's thinking how these pharisees are constantly seeking sign from him constantly trying to put him to test constantly bringing out their own traditional uh rules and laws the legalism that we talk about against the true word of god jesus is there warning his disciples in verse uh let's see in Ma- in mark chapter 8 you can read the context there but in 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 uh verse 11 the pharisees came out and began to argue with him seeking him a sign from heaven to test him sighing deeply in his spirit he said why does this generation seek for a sign truly i say to you no sign will be given to this generation leaving them so he leaves them he again embarked and went away to the other side and they had forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them and when he and he was giving orders to them saying watch out beware of the leaven of the pharisees and leaven of herod Right, so right there, he is giving them the warning: beware, watch out, be alert of the leaven of the Pharisees and leaven of the Herod, and and so Jesus was frustrated of the hypocrisy, false teaching of Pharisees and and Herodians, and here he is warning that hey, do not be alert towards their teaching, or else they will influence you. Now, obviously the disciples didn't get it because the moment they heard leaven they thought about bread and they realized that they don't have bread and they're thinking about food here mm-hmm. right physical food which is again very surprising jesus just fed four thousand bodies you guys are 12 like he'll feed you you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. if he needs to he will feed you but but you know they were they were just they were just carried away by materialistic things where jesus is talking about a spiritual thing here right? there's a spiritual mm-hmm. reason why he's saying that do not Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and leaven of the Herod. And so why did Jesus say beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and leaven that's of good, the Herod? That's a, that's a great question. That's a great question. Are you asking me or I'm asking no. you? <laughs> okay. you asking In a me? general, yeah, I'm asking you, why, would, why did Jesus say that? Now, okay. So I think, I think we're going to end on this note too with, with this. Um, we'll mention probably one other thing, but I think this is, this is a great, great question, yeah. right? Um, why? So, okay. The, the quick answer, mm-hmm. what's the quick answer to that question? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod. Yeah. Well, the quick answer is for me, when I think about it, is like, they are false teachers. False the false teachers. teachers will bring false influence. False okay. influence will corrupt your, corrupt the whole body. Okay. Yeah. So the quick answer he was saying false teaching. Mm-hmm. Why? Why right. they're false teaching? Why? Because think, think, yeah. think, think about the think about the buildup, right? Yeah, absolutely. Asking for a sign. Mm-hmm. Why did they ask for a sign? Why, who? Did, how did they say he did his miracles? Yeah. Right through the power. Power of, of Z, what is Belzebul? Yeah. Is it Belzebul that the word that they use? Yeah. Okay, Belzebul. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. When we when we look at the Pharisees, this is why the Pharisees are different from quote unquote believers in the church. Mm-hmm. 
right? The Pharisees said Jesus was not God, mm -hmm. but a blasphemer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we talk about false teaching, we're talking about people who do not call Jesus God. Mm -hmm. We're talking about people who say Jesus is a good teacher, mm -hmm. um, a good man, anyone who is has the spirit of antichrist yeah, basically absolutely okay so like when he's saying beware of them these people see jesus as just a man absolutely and we should not let those people influence us when we think about our thought about who god is you know i was, I was this just reminded me I, I had a friend who's constantly getting his theology of who god is from a jewish rabbi mm-hmm and it was very interesting because he, he makes it sound like, oh, we need to go look into that because they, they understood God. They understood the Old Testament better than we do. And I'm like, no, they don't. Mm -hmm. But you can't understand God without Christ. Mm -hmm. We only have access to the knowledge of God and we can understand God and his scripture through Christ. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in fact, in Romans, I'm going to talk about this this week. Like even Paul, he says, I thank God through Christ for you. Yeah. We don't go to God through, uh, without Christ. And so I was like, no, we don't. He might have his own cultural influence, but his interpretation is wrong because he can never have the right interpretation without coming to Christ. Yeah. And so that's that's why it's very important to know that who we are letting ourselves be influenced by. Yeah. Because that that influence, like for a, for him, right? That that small influence that he read one uh, he he listened to one of his podcasts. It mm -hmm. it it he liked it, you know, because they, they bring their own like cultural ideas to it. But you cannot get theological doctrine from that because he does not know the God of the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Because he doesn't know Christ. Yeah, exactly. Right? So we got to be careful. What Jesus is saying, watch out, be aware, be alert from who is influencing you. Yeah. And and so another, so Christ is not who he says he is. They don't believe he's God, mm -hmm. right? And so in, in essence, how, I guess another key thing with the, the teaching of the Pharisees, how, do, how did the Pharisees say that you obtain salvation by keeping the law keeping the law yeah exactly works works right and exactly so, so if you're going to be saved uh you got to keep the law mm -hmm. you need to earn your salvation. salvation right and they thought they kept the law where they didn't they just they just kept it externally yes they, they probably kept it more than others but they were also not perfectly obedient in not an, and in a sense they they kept the law but not with the right attitude not with the right heart yeah. that was the key right and Jesus exposes that again and again in sermon on the mount that Pharisees you you do this but look at your heart in your heart you sin mm -hmm. that you don't murder but in your heart you you hate. give insults to your brothers you hate mm -hmm. right you don't commit adultery but in your mind you're lusting against uh, towards someone else and so Jesus is constantly exposing their heart and their mind. And that's what Jesus is going to do in, 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 in future is he's going to expose everyone's sinfulness. Yeah. Right. And so, so, so Pharisees, they, they thought that they were right with God based on, on their own law. But the Bible is clear that in our sinfulness, none of us are right on our own. Yeah. That's why we need Christ. We're justified by the grace of God. Yeah, the law, the law was never meant to save. No. It was to be your tutor, right? Exactly. To show you that you need, need Christ. Christ. You're not enough. That's why we say Jesus is enough, right? Jesus is sufficient. But that's who Pharisees were. Uh, and then over here, it talks about the Herod, right? The uh, 
Herod, and then in the parallel passage in Matthew 16, it talks about Sadducees. Is that how you mm-hmm. say Sadducees? And 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 although this is talking about Herod, that is talking about Sadducees. Uh, the Sadducees were more like they came from the lineage of high priest, but they had their own weird views of like they didn't. Be, they were very skeptic. They didn't believe in resurrection. They didn't believe in the immortality of soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had, their views were very secular. And that's why they were similar to Herodians. In fact, because they were high priests and Herod was the ruler, the Sadducees and Herod, they worked together. Because the, in order for Sadducees to fulfill their role, they had to get the favor of Herod. So they were always together. So they're they almost like you're putting them in the same category, right? So Mark is talking about Herod. Matthew talks about Sadducees. And they're almost in the same category where they're their mindset, their perspective, their worldview is very worldly, mm-hmm. right? You only, like, I think uh, the note that you sent me was really interesting. You said YOLO, right? They're, they're like, you only live once. <laughs> like, that's what, that's what seduces, right? Because they didn't believe in resurrection. And so when we let the world influence us, and that's what Jesus is saying, do not let these people influence you. Do not let these people come and corrupt your mind and corrupt your heart, and as a result, corrupt the whole body of Christ. And we got to be aware. we got to be careful. we got to have the discernment of, of figuring out who is the right teacher and who is the false teacher. Yeah. So yeah. with that being said, there's one last thing to mention yeah. where Levin is uh, actually mentioned in a positive light. Uh, and so it, it's funny because me, me and Shatiz, uh, before the podcast, we were talking about this and, uh, I think we, I think we've come to a good, good, good uh, unified conclusion, unified <laughs> understanding of this. Yeah. So it's in, um, Luke 13 and Jesus, uh, Jesus gives the parable, uh, two parables of the kingdom uh, kingdom of God. Uh, the the first one he talks about a mustard seed being mm-hmm. planted, mm-hmm. and a tree springs from it, and its branches give uh, give a place for the birds to rest and shade from the sun. Right. So we see this in a good context. But then the second parable is a woman who uh, uh, sows some some leaven, mm-hmm. um, and it says it's all leaven. It all mm-hmm. it, within the batch. She and she's. She's doing it secretly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so the idea here is, uh, in the good sense with the leaven, is that God, with the tree and with this, is mm-hmm. that God's kingdom will continue to grow mm-hmm. and advance. Absolutely. And and when you have, like, like for example, the woman there is just is the... Is, is the church, is the body, right? So the, the kingdom citizens, when we kingdom citizens, when we... Uh, faithfully serve God, faithfully preach God's word in sincerity and truth, tying back to 1 Corinthians, right? In sincerity and truth, God's kingdom silently, maybe not noticeable completely outside, but silently is advancing, will advance. And so almost like the positive way is like, you know, just is we are aware of the false teachers, false prophets, the bad leaven, we should continuously strive to also be influenced by the good leaven. And just like how the bad leaven leavens the whole lump, the good leaven also helps the bread to rise in a perfect amount, right? Gives the right taste. 
And so we also ought to be the people that are being influenced by people that speak the truth to us, right? That speak the truth with sincerity to us. We also ought to be the people that are being influenced by God's word. So, so I mean, it all ties back to in, in the Luke, right? This whole thing goes like, I, I, I think of Luke 6.45, which is one of my favorite passes to go to just to understand my own heart, but also to make sure that I'm also being influenced by the right right things like Luke 6 45 the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil for his mouth speaks that which fills his heart now it's talking about individually right what we let influence our heart will come out hmm. a bad living will corrupt and it will come out in the same way if we let our heart be the treasure of good treasure then then good will come out too mm. good will come out too yeah. that's that's my that's my thought in this like encouragement in this like the first warning right when i think about this topic one of the biggest warning that i think is like challenging warning is that listen even if you're a believer how scary is that that you can be a bad living yeah right even as a believer yeah you can influence the church in a bad way and we and we see this like we I mean it's evident we see yeah, this absolutely. But, yeah actually and that that's be great warning to us to to and challenge to us like hey don't be a bad living. Second is that you know when we do have bad living, I think you talked about it we 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 get rid of them we cleanse it out but we do it with a brotherly attitude as long as they are a believer right we do it with a brotherly attitude, hoping and praying that God will bring them back, which we know from God's word that he will, right? He will not let one of his children go astray. He will bring them through discipline, whatever it is, it's through his love, he's going to bring them back. But we do it with a brotherly attitude, like you mentioned, right? The third is that what corrupts the whole church is when we allow the worldly, evil teaching and false teachers when we tolerate them in church, let's just put that in the, in that sense, right? When we tolerate them in church, mm-hmm. and 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 it could start very small, and it goes to big like the mess that the Church of Corinth was. Yeah, and we and you know like when we look at their fruit, uh, we know that they can't produce good fruit, right? A bad yeah. tree cannot produce good fruit. Mm-hmm. So these people, when we're looking at them again, that differs from the the one that who is a brother. These ones have the spirit of Antichrist. Mm. Jesus is not who he said he was. Jesus was just a man. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't earn salvation by faith in Christ alone, right? Um, You earn salvation through your good works, being a good person, keeping the law. Mm -hmm. That's how you earn. And these ones, uh, it's not excommunication for these ones. These ones are false teachers and we should have nothing to do with do them. with them absolutely Period. right uh, you know what what's funny to me is like pharisees were looking for all these signs right i feel like a lot of people today do the same too where they're mm. like constantly looking for sign and I, as i was reading this man like i was thinking of like what we talked about in in past wednesday in Ro- romans where it says like you know by his resurrection he has been declared the son of god in power mm. right? there is no greater sign given to us can be given to us other than the fact that God has raised Jesus Christ. Yeah. His resurrection is the greatest sign we have. And so by raising Jesus, even God is giving a testimony that he is the son of God. Yeah. Right. And so. And, so, and you know what? When you mention that, that's the that's the sign that Jesus says will be given. Given. The sign yeah. of Jonah. Right. Yeah. 
Just like the Jonah was in the well three days, the Son of Man will mm-hmm. be in the ground for three and days. That is the greatest sign that could be given to yeah. us, and and yet we still harden our hearts, or not we, but people still harden our hearts, and 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 still don't look believe. for other sign. Don't believe their yeah. unbelief, right? But said that, let's let's be aware of the bad living in the church, and let's continuously strive to be the only even living that we are through christ by walking in the truth and sincerity yeah couldn't said it better all peace. right peace <laughs>